All right. Uh, we want to thank you all for tuning in to the Cask Effect podcast uh, presented and created by uh, the Brothers in Whiskey. Uh, my name is Taylor. And my name is Cage. And um, I think we have a pretty fun-filled episode for you today. Yeah. Uh, Cage, t- t- tell everybody what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm excited about it. Um, and, and before I dive into that, uh, I extend my apologies, uh, hopefully apologies to those who have missed us uh, yeah. <laughs> for, for a time being. Um, you know, as, as listeners know, this is kind of a side hobby of ours. So we've had life going on, just things, you know, things that are keeping us busy, nothing bad, but uh, just been busy dealing with stuff. And, and so we haven't really had a chance to sit down and, uh, and pick back up where we left off. So we're glad to be back finally uh, doing a podcast episode. And today we're going to go over something that we've all kind of taken for granted, I think, sometimes um, within the whiskey industry. And that's cask finishing, yeah. um, finishing a whiskey. Uh, and and we're going to explore a little bit into that. Um, things that you as a drinker are probably familiar with uh, in, in terms of things like sherry cask finish and port cask finish. But we're going to dive into a little bit more of what that actually means, um, both from a historical standpoint, behind the name and, and behind the purpose of it, but also what you can expect as a drinker with that flavor profile and, and the type of whiskey that you're actually going to be getting. Uh, so hopefully we can use this to educate you a little bit if you don't already know about what that finishing is and, and maybe what you can look for if there's a specific type of flavor that you prefer. Yeah, um, um, all that uh, is, yeah, exactly. You know, I've, I've got a couple of friends that uh, I occasionally grab drinks with and you know, I say something and you get a little bit of a... I don't want to say the deer in the headlights look, but you know they they could say what and they're like you know something maybe they notice, but maybe it's not something they dedicated too much mental uh, power towards. And so um, as Kate said, we 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 brought together a couple different whiskeys. I think three of them are Scotch. Yeah. And yep. Uh, we got one Japanese, and they're all finished in different ways. Yeah, yeah. Everything here is going to be a little bit unique, and we we tried to pull together some stuff that you will hopefully be familiar with uh with the the naming and also the type of of cask used there's some stuff out there that's very experimental um very exotic and and it's really cool and really interesting but that might be a little bit of an overload for for an intro here um so we're kind of starting it easy and and a, a couple of these at least are things that you can go and find in your local store uh if they sound appetizing to you so um, hopefully, this will be a pretty good basis to, to really build this idea on. So, what I think we're going to start with um, is a Glenfiddich. And this is something that is uh, is pretty easily found. Um, the, the one in particular we're going to look at is the Glenfiddich Fire and Cane. Uh, it is finished in rum cask. Um, pretty pretty unique really uh, you don't see a ton of rum cask finishes out there um, but they do exist but they're a little harder to find um, which is actually pretty tough on me because rum cask finishing is one of my absolute favorite finishes on a whiskey um, so so I wish more things had that uh, but this particular expression is one in a series of four different bottlings uh, for Glenfiddich's experimental series that they did um, so un- unfortunately it is technically a limited edition bottling yeah. um, so it, it may be a little tough for some folks to find but 
what was nice is it was affordable. Uh, at the time of finding it, it was pretty readily available on the shelf. Um, not not to knock Glymphitic at all, but, but when you look at them and you look at limited edition and air quotes, it doesn't exactly mean the same thing as it does in some other more bespoke distilleries, yeah. just because it's such a big brand that you know, limited for them could still mean hundreds of thousands of bottles, um, which is not a bad thing. That means we as the consumer get more of what we like. Uh, um, but but that's just a little bit of history behind that bottle. Yeah, definitely. And um, I know me personally, if you know me as a drinker myself, you know, I don't normally go towards Glenfiddich. It doesn't really hit my palate in the ways that I, you know, feel like going at at the very end of the day. Uh, but uh, I think I think in terms of yeah more yeah, limited sort of uh, yeah not 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 sure you know there's not gonna be forty of these on the shelf yeah. when, when you go to the shop uh, there might be like maybe one row of like four or five of them and that might be the most you see at that store for a while they probably didn't get too many in whereas you know Glenfiddich twelve they got eight hundred cases right there in the building yeah. uh, so. Uh, I, I was actually kind of surprised by this one. I've got one of the other finishers that they've got. Uh, I think mine is the IPA. Yes. And then uh, Cage also has the the double X. Yeah, the Project Twenty. Yeah, Project there, Twenty. They did, yeah. yeah. Um, and the uh, the Project Twenty, we tried to look and see. I don't remember what it was finished in. If it had a special finish, the the IPA, as the name suggests, it was finished in, in IPA yeah. cast or cast that previously held IPA. And, uh, and that one's a very interesting, uh, interesting bottling. Uh, it would have been nice to have that one here. That, that would have been a cool one to yeah, compare just because of that. how unique it is. Uh, the last one was their Winter Storm, oh, uh, which yeah. if I remember right, was a 21 year. And <laughs> that one's pretty hard to find. I found it like one time, six, $700 bottling. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, uh, I passed on it at that, yeah. <laughs> at that time. It would have been cool to get, but but of the series of four, that one is definitely the hardest to find and the most expensive. Yeah, the winter yeah. storms. And and let, let, let me just do a quick shout out to Glenfiddich overall. Uh, always impressed by you know your your standard bottlings. You know, very good on the eye, very easy on the eye. Not, you know, pick it out from the other side of a shop. Uh, I really really like the bottle design on this Fire and Cane. Uh, nice, clear. Uh, it's, you know, there's a slight ombre, uh, sort of dark gradient to sort of dive in more into like that idea about, you know, it's toasted sort of thing with the, the, the bottle color. And uh, they do much of a similar thing with all of the, um, the, you know, the decal work uh, on it with you know, this very, very comforting sort of orange color on everything on here. And then... Uh, I'm a sucker for wooden corks. So, <laughs> yeah, the Glenfiddichs, they still use a solid wood cork, and, and it's it's beautiful. I, I love it. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a good just traditional Scotch whiskey that you know you can find, you can enjoy. It's going to be consistently good. It's got a good long history. Yeah. Um, it it has been a little bit more marketed you know there's it's it's been spread a little further and wider than some of the distilleries that we prefer we, we still like a lot of the smaller distilleries yeah. that put out i don't know more unique bottlings and smaller groupings of releases and and this is definitely the opposite of that but again they put out a good consistent product so you really can't say anything bad about it nope. just a different kind of market um 
So I, I, th- I think I think before uh, we get too uh, talkative, I, I think it might be a good idea to, to grab a sip of this. Let's go ahead and try it. You got your yours right there. All right. Cheers. Mm, let's try this one. Is that nice? Just right, right, right on the nose. I'm getting the nice little sort of earthy yet floral nose that I normally get from from Glenfiddich, which again isn't something like I, I I'll go out of my way to get to, but I mean it's altogether not uh, a negative. So um, uh, fantastic, but th- this one this one's got just a little bit of like a smoke and a spice on it too. No, I agree. It, it definitely has um, some of that that spice on it. You get just the, the light, kind of fruity, just undertones with, with the Glenfiddich. It's there's not a whole lot going on with it. It's not super complex. It's not meant to be super complex on the base in, in terms of the whiskey itself. But where you start picking up some of that spice, some of the the fruits you're really starting to dig into that rum cast finish so you know if you're familiar with rum you're familiar with the the process of which rum is made what it's based out of rum has just a lot of sugars in, in the basis of, of of what rum is i mean it, that that's the distillate that that's what it comes from um you, you've got molasses you've got bananas oh, you've got like all of that just just rich just rich sweet kind of heavy almost syrupy like type flavors in rum and so when when you're using a rum cast to to finish a whiskey you're going to impart some of that spice and some of that darker and heavier fruit yeah uh, some of the exotic fruit into it not so much the the grapes and apricots and things like that that's what i really like because to me that rum finish really does a good job of complementing some of the the peppery and earthy notes that you get out of just a, a base, just Scotch whiskey that you get out of the barley and and the atmosphere you've got over there. Um, so, so again, that's my opinion that, that they really complement each other well, and you just don't see enough of it. I, I don't really know if that's just a lack of rum barrels, a lack of access to those barrels, um, or maybe I don't know the market share is not big enough or something. But I, I wish more distilleries would would do it. I wish there was more rum finishing. Definitely, uh, I think I don't remember exactly what you know what we were looking at, but I remember you found uh, that Brooklady did a rum, and like we couldn't even find the actual bottle for it. Like all yes. we could find was the tin. Yeah, no, it. Uh, I was scouring eBay one day. I don't even remember what I was looking for, but uh, an empty bottle of an of an old Brooklady bottling popped up. An empty bottle in the tin um, that was a rum cask finish i don't even remember what the actual name of the bottling was but but it was it was old it was it was an old bottling and and i saw it and i actually bought it not because of the bottling itself but because it was signed by jim McEwen. Yeah. Uh, that's i i so i, I have a, a bottle albeit empty that is signed by jim which is pretty cool but yeah when, when i noticed it was a rum cask finish that like I don't even really know how to describe the emotions I felt from that because it was number one impressed and in awe that that existed but number two now just this disappointment in that I know it exists and I know I'm not ever going to get to try it you just got to try <laughs> real hard 
You have to I, try real hard to find a place that's if, got one. I don't know if my, my wallet can take oh, such I a know, thing. Because right? no, uh, uh, if I remember right, it was something like an 18 or 20 year. I mean, it was it was old and the special cast finish. I, I just don't know. I'm not going to get my hopes up on that. But I can only imagine how good it was. Oh, yeah. Uh, a, a vintage rum cast Brook body bottle. And, uh, and really, uh, one of my favorite whiskeys that I've had to date is the... Ardbeg drum, which was rum cast finish. That was done for their uh, Feisch back in 2018, I yeah, think it right. was. That sounds right. Yeah, I think it was 2018. And and uh, that, that was kind of before we really got into the, the festival on Isla and, and started really following that. It was right before we started getting into that stuff. Um, but, but I've been a very big fan of that one. I've got several bottles of it stocked up because I just go through it so quick. Um, but it, it, to my knowledge, to this day, that and the Brooklotti are the only two rum casts, like heavily influenced rum cast finishing uh, Isla Scotches that, that I've ever heard of or come across. I, I don't know if there's any others, especially heavily peated ones. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Brooklotti itself at that time, that particular one was heavily peated, but just from those kind of distilleries. So, yeah, there, there's just not many out there. Yeah, and I, I don't know, personally, I, I, I was thinking about that when we were talking about this episode, and uh, yeah, because, you know, I'm, I'm obviously where you really, really like the drum, so, you know, we, you know, we were both sort of looking around and thinking about it, and um, I think maybe to some degree, it's, unfortunately, it comes down to a, a level of, like, market and, like, playing to your audience, because... I think just because of the natural flavors that we're going to get from something, um, for the sake of this argument, outside of Isla, uh, matches better in more scenarios Mm -hmm. uh, than than it would uh, with a smoky scotch. Because, you know, I mean, I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, just like we said earlier, you know, you get this nice florality. There's, you know, the little bit of brown sugar influence that you're getting from... From from the rum finish, you know the soft, you know you said apricots. I'm not too familiar with apricots, but this is pretty much what I what I imagine from what I, I can remember, like just like the the overall softness and um, almost, yeah, for sake of making uh, art big sound like a brutish man's uh, uh, sort of audience, uh, you know the, the the delicate sort of finer aspect of like. Like space sides, I think plays into the the rum just a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Apologize for that. Uh, <laughs> uh, there was a small audio cut there. The mailman decided he was gonna uh, drive by, and those government vehicles are not quiet. Uh, so let me see. We were talking about the pairing more so with the flavors and how they work I, I think personally yeah, my, they, my opinion is that they work better in those l- less aggressive um, yeah I, I, and I, I would agree with you I think they generally speaking I think they work better there I it's, it's a personal taste preference of mine that I, I like that combination but a lot of people may not and, and kind of on the subject of that exact thing uh, this year the the Feisch event on Isla was virtual again and um, I sat in on, on all of the virtual events that I could and and I participated in the Lafroy day and in that day they had a 
kind of a live Q&A session with John Campbell there and um, he took my question as one of the ones he decided to discuss and the question I had was will you ever do a rum cask finished Lafroy? Oh, yeah. and and he he talked about that about how um, it had been such a difficult enterprise in the past up till then to try to do such a thing because they just really couldn't strike the right balance they felt for their market share with that smoky peaty Lafroy character that you expect from Lafroy and bringing in some of that rum cast finish to where you have two pieces of that coin. You've got one enough of that finish where you can tell it's been finished in a rum cask and you can enjoy and appreciate the effort in that, but also not lose the underlying characteristic that is Lafroy that you expect yeah. from Lafroy. And there wasn't enough of a balance that they could find to where they felt like they could kind of please their market and, and meet the expectation they set for themselves. And, and I could see that being kind of difficult. As a matter of fact, the Ardbeg drum bottling that I enjoy so much is not a very popular one. Uh, as a matter of fact, that might be one of the least popular releases that they've done uh, because the general consensus is just that it's not very good. But I don't believe that it's because it's not very good. It's because it's not enough Ardbeg for people that they want more of the Ardbeg character. And the drum does tone down that that notable Ardbeg character to bring in more of that rum cast finish. Now, me and, and my personal tasting of it, I can see that, but to me, it doesn't really detract from the overall experience. I'm really just enjoying the whiskey itself because I understand that it's a special release and I understand what has been done to it and that you might lose some character here to bring in more character on another side of it. Um, but but as the market share as a whole showed is that they really weren't a big fan of that that experiment so I mean I, I guess from a business standpoint you really can't fault the distillery for not wanting to dive into that element well because I, I think I think you know to some degree yeah they're I, th I think the the act of doing all these experimental and unique finishes is sort of twofold half of it is trying to expand the palates of the people who already enjoy your product uh -huh. and to show them how your product in its you know truest essence sort of interacts with these other flavors yeah. uh, but then I also think that it is also meant to bridge the gap with people who maybe don't like their uh, their product just yet or maybe are too timid by it you know Oh well, I'm really just a rum drinker. Uh, I mean, I've, I've had I've gone into where I try rums finished in, you know, different ca you know bourbon casks for different varying ages, uh, which I got to experience a little bit while I was in Belize earlier mm -hmm. this year, uh, and just like like how much you know they, they get really big into how long's it been in the barrel, what kind of barrel was it? I think that's the second aspect of um, the you know the intent for finishing is to draw in people who are unfamiliar with the product who maybe could find something to like in it I think both are you know obviously very marketably no noble causes but uh, you know so yeah sometimes they, they they miss the mark but you know we don't know you know the Ardbeg community that we're, you know we're more familiar with that you know we, we meet those people you know we connect more on the hey you uh, are also a smoky scotch person Oh, yeah. let's talk about the different types of smoky scotch that we prefer and we like. Whereas, you know, uh, we don't know how many rum drinkers you know, 
got converted. You know, they, oh, I drink a 90% rum, but oh, give me some Ardbeg and I'm there for it. Like, like you know, as odd as that person sounds to me when, I, when I'm saying that, I'm, I imagine those people exist. Yeah. Yeah, you've, uh, it's, it's hard to predict that market. Um, hard to predict what they're going to like and, and it's really hard to do market research like that. So yeah, it's it's hard to, to predict where, where people are going to be at, especially, you know, with, with whiskey, obviously you don't put something on the market a few months after you've done your research. You've, you've got to plan years in advance to figure this stuff out and logistics and all that because even if you only finish in a barrel for nine months or whatever, you've still got to acquire the barrels and you've got to bring them in and deal with the logistics of that, plan the bottlings and the labelings and just everything that, that goes into to you know doing it, it's yeah. not just on a whim. You've got to know your market, you got to know where your market's going to be at so many months or years down the road um, and that's tough. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you're, you're going to miss sometimes and that's just how it is. You got to pay some random artist to create some obscure and yet mildly punk looking uh, labeling for all of your your new bottles <laughs> yeah it's a subtle some subtle shade there <laughs> uh, about the uh, progressive uh, the uh, creative uh, decals and uh, bottle stickers that we've uh, seen in a couple of bottles that have come out in the past uh, year or two uh, but uh, let's go back to the just the, the what we got in our glass real quick. Yeah. Well, well, how are you feeling about what we got? So, so this is one that I've I've always enjoyed a lot of, um, and just just tasting it, it really follows the nose in the tasting in that you can pick up some of the the key characteristics that you'd expect to find in a Glenfiddich, but you definitely pick up those notes from the rum cask. That there's just still some many spices there on, on the palate the, the sweetness the richness that you yeah. expect out of that fruit um the the consistency is is about like normal i mean it's not any thicker than normal but uh, it, i i me personally i almost pick up like a, a syrupy kind of feeling taste to it just again from from those flavors that are that are coming out you think that's your mind tricking you yeah it's my mind your mind's tricking like, me a little oh. bit Everything else I have that tastes like this is definitely more viscous than what you got in your mouth right now. So uh, we're going to make that just by two clicks thicker. Exactly. <laughs> but it's good. I, I, I really enjoy it. Oh, yeah. No, uh, just like you said, I, I think pretty much every part of this experience uh, of this, that this bottle provides you know, just lines up with itself. You know, there's a couple bottles that we've tried out there where you'll get something on the nose, and we're talking you don't get a single bit of it yep. on, on the on, on the mouth so. exactly yeah there are some disappointments <laughs> but but no this one's good um and I'd, I'd, i would definitely recommend it if you want to try a more unique finished whiskey uh, especially if you're interested in the rum finishing um this is a good buy Particularly if you are looking for a rum finish, this is one of your only buys that oh, yeah. you can make, uh, especially in the Scotch world. But yeah, no, I, I recommend it for the price point you can get it at, um, how, how good it is, how unique it is, um, how forgiving it is as a whiskey because it's not overly hot. It's not, it's not too harsh. Uh, you don't have too much of the earthy and peppery tones in it. Um, it. It's a very forgiving and easy whiskey to sip on and drink and enjoy. 
which I think is definitely a strength of, of Glenn Fittick overall. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing that they, they really capitalize on uh, as a brand is, I mean, yeah, you think about all the brand. I think, I think we've talked about this. I don't know if it's been, you know, just you and I are on here before, but we've talked about how, you know, there are some, you know, whiskeys that those are the ones that get people started. Yep. You know, you know, Glenn Fittick, you know, maybe McAllen 12, uh, Johnny Walker. Like th- those sort of things, and I, I think, like I said, Glenn Fiddick does a fantastic job of, you know, really presenting themselves as um, a definitely more than suitable, uh, like introductory to mm-hmm. people, whether they're jumping straight into scotch or if they have uh, some experience with, you know, American whiskeys um, or even you know, Japanese whiskeys. I, I can't say I've, I've met anybody who just starts with Japanese whiskey, but again, <laughs> I'm sure they exist. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's, you know, is, is, uh, uh, the guys of a whiskey tribe say it's, I mean, it's, it's right there. It's approachable, standard. You, you want to get into it? Here's where you start. Sort of, sort of whiskey. Yeah. So this just adds a, a little twist on it. Exactly. No, I, and I agree a hundred percent with all that. So, so yeah, well, and that's. That's a quick and easy um, on the, the Glenfiddich. Like 25 minutes. Yeah, yeah 25 quick and easy. <laughs> well, we, we, we dove into the rabbit hole of rum finishing and the, the history of that, which is good. I mean, that's what we want to highlight. Yeah, we want to highlight a little bit more of that stuff. So I guess we'll get ready to move on to the next one, then, yeah, if you're ready. Sure. Um, what are you thinking that we should pull next? <sighs> Let me see. Um... How about this? We'll, we'll, we'll make it a little fun. Now the, the the audience doesn't get to play with this game, but uh, choose a number between one and three. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I would ask the audience for their input on that, uh, but um... how about this? We'll, we'll we'll take a quick pause. Uh, put in the comments below or send us your message. Uh, which number do you think he chooses? Ah. Uh, oh, this is a little. I, I don't know. We'll see if that works. It probably won't, but yeah, who knows? I see. Might okay. start something. What, what number do you think he chooses? Oh. I want you to pause right now. I want you to open up social media. I want you to go in. <laughs> I want you to find us at brothers underscore in underscore whiskey without the e on Instagram. It'll be. Uh, I think we're we, we got the green logo up right now, correct? That's a good question. Sure. I don't I'm pretty know. sure, as pretty of right sure now, when this podcast was recorded, I'm pretty sure we had a green logo, but it's a Glen Cairn in the middle of a circle that's got a whole bunch of words around it. So yes. check it out. Go on there. If you haven't, follow us. Like every post. If you <laughs> do like every post, uh, share with anybody you think would be interested, and then comment on the post about this episode, the number that you thought he chose. That was a lot, and I appreciate every one of you. Yeah, that, that, so there, there's like Instagram plugs. <laughs> Your there's mission, like choose you to accept it. <laughs> generators worth of information. <laughs> no, that, but no, that, that's good. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely come come into uh, come into our Instagram page, engage with us, um, help us build it out. You know, we, we, we love that. So yeah, so the number I, I pick. So we'll do a drum roll. You know, bring that in. Uh, I, and I, I'm going to go with number three. That, that was my, my sports number growing up, so I'm going to go with number three. You chose number three. All right. What's behind door number three? Aha, okay. So we're, we're going to go probably to our most interesting one for oh, number three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was 
I'm, I'm English, so I read left to right. So it's yeah. You know, I you thought it was gonna be more interesting than that. There you go. Yeah, I, I, it I, was not. I thought there was more going on with that. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no. Uh, uh, and this is this is your bottle, so uh, I know you. Sure. Yeah. So so th- this this bottling, um, and and forgive me if I botched the name of this. It's it's a relatively new distillery, or at least it's new to us it's not something that we we have a lot of down here i actually ran across it on accident while while down in the florida area um but it's umiki umiki some, something along I, those I, lines yeah, i probably uh, go with more the yeah, umi, no, no, umiki. yeah no yeah. umiki yeah i'd say um, umiki uh it's it's a japanese whiskey and the very interesting thing about this one and, and i don't know if they have any other bottlings if, and I probably should have done a little bit more research into this distillery after picking this one up. But like I said, it was kind of on a whim. I'd never seen it before. And what caught my eye was how it was finished. Um, this would be a cool way to do some trivia too. To be like, hey, what, what do you think yeah. that it got finished in? But but for those of you who are unfamiliar, this one was finished in pine barrels. Um, very interesting because I've never, I've not only never seen a whiskey aged in pine, but I've never seen it finished in pine. I've never seen pine related to whiskey production at all aside from building a warehouse potentially well i uh, I, luckily for both of us like i said a minute ago i can read and uh there is a little bit of insight on the back of this bottle as to why that is okay well it's always good to have a literate person on team hey hey there's got to be at least one right uh so uh this is right off of the back the ocean is known as the source of life and the evergreen pine tree is seen as the symbol of life in japan so that's where they're bringing the, li- uh, the pine in. To honor the life-giving ocean and the long-living pine tree that graces the coasts of Japan, we blended pure filtered ocean water with local ocean side malt whiskeys and whiskeys in reserve after finishing in pine barrels. This sustainable process gave a hint of sea breeze on the nose and a soothing freshness in the finish to our Umiki Ocean Tree Blend. And they you know, go on for a short bit uh, to just talk about their distillery and a short bit of uh, comments. But it looks like this bottling, I'm not sure if this is a bottle date uh, or if it is the barrel date, but they've got September of 2020 on here. So, okay. so still relatively new. Uh, uh, you know, this only being 2021, you're a little bit more than a year out. Um, and you know me, I, I, th- I think I'm going to uh, progress this little shtick of mine where I just talk about what the bottle looks like and fawn over it every episode. Uh, Go for it. Uh, tactfully giving him uh, a moment to look the distillery up uh, so we have a little bit more for you. Um, uh, fantastic, simplistic uh, bottle design. Uh, looks a lot like the uh, Brooklady bottles, which again we bring those guys up a lot. Yeah, um, yeah, just very traditional, very clean bottle. Yeah, uh, m- you know, sort of modest labeling, uh, sort of a influence of making it look like the uh, what are they called? Water circles out of a out, out of a mm-hmm. pine. Like if you did a cross section, it expands outward to make it look like it is going into uh, you know the water around it. Uh, beautiful blue color again nice little cork uh, wooden cork topper uh, dial in in a solid but not too uh, affronting 46% 
So uh, very, very nice. I, I'd be very curious to see if these guys had anything else out on the market that you know we could get our hands on. Yeah, well, uh, as you kind of pour us a little bit of a taster there, um, I, I, I did pull some information about it. And, and so this distillery, it's, or the, this bottling from this distillery, I should say, is a it's a blended bottling. It looks like everything they do is blended. There's not a ton of transparency on the um, source of the the maltings and and the distillate there. Um, it, it seems like they may import a lot of that in. Um, so I, I just don't have a lot uh, in, in regard to what's in it from a source standpoint. Um, but but like I said, it is a blended whiskey. It is it is from Japan. Um, and, and I believe they do say that the blends do come from Japan, so the, the whiskey is sourced there. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of a little bit about it. Um, the, the Japanese whiskey industry is pretty interesting, just in that it they're very unique in, in their own kind of regulations, particularly in the fact that Japanese law regarding whiskey is relatively non-existent relative to Scotland or, or the U.S. Or, or things like that. I mean, they're just—they're very different over there. Um, so the approach to understanding Japanese whiskey, the sourcing behind it, and things like that—it's uh, uh, it's just very different than what we're used to looking at. Um, but yeah, the, the the purpose behind this one, I think, was just to—I don't know—create something unique, something different, uh, highlight some of the unique elements that you find in Japanese whiskey, kind of build on the explosion that their market has seen recently i mean japanese whiskey has, has blown up definitely in, in popularity and people are realizing just how good it is uh so you see a lot of things like this i think popping up right now uh little independent distilleries and, and things of that nature that they're capitalizing uh on uh, the, the market growth and, and the trend going upwards in terms of demand yeah and i i think one thing that i i really appreciate about it uh is uh, you know the, their reasoning behind it is very, um, very proud, and uh, I, I think you know in in a in a lot of ways, regardless of whether or not you see it positively or negatively, uh, I've always sort of reserved, uh, you know, proud for almost always being a descriptive word for Japanese culture. Oh yeah. Uh, they you know they they're there for they they they, they stick to their guns on it and I think them really sort of embracing and even sort of highlighting uh, their culture, their history, you know, any little bit of lore they've got with pine is is awesome and uh, I think it was a really, really solid find that uh, I will cross my fingers that we're able to find a, a couple more of these Yeah. because uh, I think when we opened this one originally uh, we were both very, very impressed by it and I, I'm, I'm, having, I'm having a little bit of difficulty or recounting exactly what our notes were on yeah. it but well, well we'll get to revisit it now so so the nose on this one um you you can definitely see the or, or smell i should say the the pine influence on the nosing because for me i do i pick up almost like a like a sandalwood like a pine sap almost note to it that's not really prevalent in in oak finished whiskeys or an oak age stuff so yeah i mean right just right up front you can tell there's a little bit of a difference there yeah, a little bit of a sh I, I get like the 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 hair of sharpness and i don't know if it's because you know my nose right now that being the holiday season is 
inclined towards you know popery, but yeah, uh, just possibly. like just just a hair of that sort of it's, it's it's not quite as soft as you know like flowers. It's it's more of like the the smell of um, much like I don't know like I mean the quickest easiest way to say it is you know a forest full of pine. You know, you're standing on nettles and stuff like that, and just walking around and that yeah the the the, the sort of uh, woodland gunk leaking out of everything in the trees around you. Yeah, I agree. If, if you're ever in a uh, pine wood, a pine forest, it just has a unique character, a unique smell, and it is a little bit sharper. Um, I don't know, it, it just has a smell. It's, it's kind of hard to explain it. Um, I mean, I've grown up around pine trees all my life, so just, I just know the smell. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> but, so. but yeah, you, you pick it up though, for sure. Yeah, and if you've never been near a pine tree, I mean, just tell us. We'll, we'll, we'll mail you some pine tree. Uh, <laughs> I guess, I know there's, there's tons of them out here. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I, I think overall, especially, you know, j- you know just talking about the nose still, I think it, it, despite it being a little bit maybe more of an aggressive aroma, I think it plays really well with the sippability that we find normally in Japanese whiskey. And yeah, that, that is a characteristic of, of Japanese whiskey that I really appreciate. And I think a lot of people recognize and appreciate is, is how drinkable it is and, and approachable it is, uh, even for someone who's maybe not super experienced in the world of whiskey. Um, so any, almost anyone can pick up a, a, a bottle of a Japanese whiskey, think Hibiki, like Harmony, and, and things like that, stuff from Suntory, and they're going to compliment it. It's good. It's good stuff. People like it. Uh, so and this I think this follows suit with that pretty well definitely and while, while, while you were talking I took a quick quick sip and uh, it is it's, it's funny that the, for me the the first thing that, that sort of sticks in my mind is just how it, just how a little bit hotter than the last one we had this one is yeah like, to the point where everything is good I'm getting you know, sort of softer, um, sort of red-fleshed fruits on it, and more, more in like, I don't know, maybe a raspberry, but not quite as, quite as sharp on the backside as a raspberry. There's a nice softness to it, and then, you know, there's uh, just uh, more like the, the the texture of like how honey coats my tongue, and those are the two things I get. And then when I open my mouth and I really just aerate all of that, that's when the alcohol hits me. Yeah, and what you said kind of where I would also go into would be there's a, a honeyed aspect to it, uh, a, a maltiness. Like I said, the honey that you get with it, just the, the grain, It's I can taste the youth in it. You can tell it's not yeah. old and it's not terribly complex uh, in terms of its aging. Um, but it, but it's good. It's, it's got those good characteristics. Yeah. It's strong. It, it does have a little bit of a bite to it. I think, again, is related to the youth of it because if I remember correctly, the ABV is not very high. Uh, 46. 46. Okay, so it's, it's not, you know, it's not obnoxiously high or anything. It's, it's not over 100 proof. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think it's good, though. I think it's solid. And the price point on it, too, I want to say I spent less than 50 bucks. Okay, you know, yeah. U.S. dollars on that. So affordability, pretty good. Uh, for especially for Japanese whiskey, uh, I, I don't feel like Japanese whiskeys are usually um, as affordable. I, I guess they're not yeah, on the on the cheaper side like some of the other stuff that we might grab. Yeah, I think I think it really yeah sort of depends on what exactly you're going for because 
I mean, I think most of the time, I mean, you can find, yeah, Suntory, Toki, mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's going to not run you any more than like 40 US uh, either. But when I mean, you get into something a little nicer, I'm not, not saying it's better, but uh, uh, yeah, maybe just a hair harder to find, I guess, is probably a better way to put that. Yeah. Uh, the, the Kayo stuff, which I really enjoy. Uh, yes. like I think the, probably the cheapest bottle I've ever seen of Kayo is like 65, maybe 70 US, uh, yeah. if not higher. Uh, especially when you get into like the peated expression or the, the, the sherry Mizanaro that you've got. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, term, yeah, you, you're looking at that, I mean, you know, excluding a handful of. Um, more readily accessible options uh -huh. like yeah if you can find this one this, this one's a solid pick and it's a little bit more unique than those so you know, it might be a little hard to pull the trigger right off the first bat but yeah. hopefully you know this small bit of insight you know helps you maybe we can get uh, Umiki off the ground yeah. and uh, maybe, maybe they'll start shipping here to Alabama more often that'd be great yeah I, th I think my review of it is, is what I spent how it is my experience with it and, and ease of finding it. I mean, even though I did find it here, I only found it in one store. Yeah. Funny enough, it was a Walmart, actually. Uh, as, as in Florida, the Walmarts have the, the liquor departments down there. And that's where it was. Um, and then again, I grabbed it kind of on a whim because I saw it, I thought it was very unique. I don't regret the decision. I, I don't know if it's something that I would buy regularly. Yeah. Uh, like once I finish it, I may not go grab another one as soon as I see one. Uh, because it's good, but I guess my problem with it lies in that, again, it's not super complex. Yeah. It's it's very yeah, youthful, and you can tell. Uh, and, and while the the pine finish is unique, it's it's just not my favorite. And and the fact that I can go get a a wine finished, uh, you know, Scotch that's ten years old for the same price. That's probably where I'm going to lean if, if I'm out, you know, picking up something that I want as a as a daily drinker. And you know, this isn't quite high end enough for it to be considered like a more of a luxury, you know, special occasion whiskey. I mean, it might be for some people, and there's not a problem with that. But in terms of my own selection and bar, I keep at home. It wouldn't really hold a place there, but I really couldn't see it holding a place on the the day to day. So, uh, for, uh, as far as a purchase recommendation goes, I would almost say to to lean to it if you just really want to navigate into that more unique space and want to try something and, and have the funds to kind of spend on that um, but I wouldn't necessarily put it at the top of my, my Japanese whiskey list uh, I'd say that yeah I think um, I think it definitely serves um, primarily I, I would say it's a, especially if you get like whiskey drinkers you know enthusiasts who who can talk kind of uh, you know fluently uh -huh. uh, with things and maybe have uh, a wide ranging experience? Like this is like more in the conversation piece area. Exactly. Yeah, this is something that that a group of us could sit down and drink and like really enjoy talking about. Yeah. And and appreciating the opportunity to review something that none of us likely had had before. Yeah. But 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 at the same time, it's it's modest enough because yeah, price. You know, a debatable amount of uh, you know uh, ease of finding. Uh, you know, it, it's not going to dominate the conversation. Like yeah. you'll talk about it, you'll, you'll run it over a couple of times, but I mean, n you know, no one's going to be you know hedging bets and fighting. In my opinion, o over over this one, you know, right yeah. there in the, in, in the thick of it. Ag agreed. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I guess my my end 
my end comment on it would be um, solid whiskey, very unique idea. Um, I don't know. Would, would I buy again? Depends on the occasion. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say no necessarily, but it would be my first choice. But uh, but yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the rundown of, of this one. Yeah. No. So so right now in terms of my scoring, I I'd, I'd put the Glenfiddich a little higher, especially because I, I want to say the price point was pretty close to. Uh, yeah, I think you're right so on the, that. They, they weren't think... they weren't too far. It's been a very long time since I bought that Glenfiddich, but but yeah, the the, the price point was pretty comparable. Yeah, Glen, yeah, Glenfiddich. I don't know. I, th- I think if you're just looking like the regular. 12 I mean that's that's not normally not I mean you're you're definitely not looking over 50 US yeah uh, and so I think maybe this one sits probably or Glenfiddich uh, Fire and Cane probably sits between like 50 and 70 would you say US I think so I think yeah. that sounds about right. it's somewhere yeah. in there yeah depending on how you know how cool your liquor store guy is <laughs> or uh, how you know how easy you know, it is to find wherever you are um and then, yeah, so you're know, looking 50 to 70 mile, but you know, you look, you, the Yumiki, Umiki, sorry. Umiki, yeah, got yeah, to okay. keep it up. <laughs> um, then, yeah, I mean, that one, you're not looking quite that much. You get something a little bit more, uh, I hate to use the word special. Special always seems like a, like a, like a downplay on something, but so, yeah. so something, yeah, a little bit more on the, more of a conversation piece style. Thing. I mean, you, you might spend a little bit more money if, if you're really searching specifically for that. Yeah. Not only you know, and if you're looking for finishes or if you're looking for Japanese whiskey, um, but I mean, I'd I'd love a bottle if I could find one. Uh, yeah. Again, just one because it's you know it's a nice little conversation piece. And two, um, I, I I I think I, at times I think I might like some Japanese more than non-bourbon American whiskeys. If that makes sense. <laughs> So like you know, you, you, had, you put this or just a standard run of the mill, you know, twenty thirty dollar bottle that you can find at the gas station, yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'll take this any day, but I don't know. I I, I, I think I think that's a fair yeah. No, I I, I agree with the assessment. Yeah. So yeah, so that that kind of highlights our our thoughts, opinions, you know, feelings about this one. So. Uh, Generally speaking, would recommend. Oh yeah. Overall, would recommend. Yeah, not bad. Definitely. Um, All right. So, so that leaves us with two. Yeah, we're, we're down to two. So, where? Which one do you think? I picked the last one. So. Oh, you picked the last one. Okay. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Like, it almost makes me want to do like, um, okay, heads or tails. <laughs> uh, you know, keep up with the the the, the chance and the frivolity of, of okay, choosing. Let me, let me Google a virtual coin flip. A virtual coin flip? He's going to go right Because I it. bet Google can do something like that. Oh, look at that. It's even got it. All right, so we'll go. So, so you call it. I'll flip it. All right, we're going to go with left bottle is heads, right bottle is tails. Okay, left Without bottle heads, later. right bottle tails. We'll right. announce what they are when we get to them. All right. Here we go. All right, is that tails? All right, and it is tails. Right. So it looks like we're going with the right bottle. The right bottle. Okay, well, in a way that kind of works. I think that'll leave one of the most interesting ones there for for last finish off. Oh, that cork is. Oh fantastic. boy. So this one is going to end up being the other option that was a little 
more easily available yeah. um, for, for you to be able to find. So uh, like I mentioned at the start of the episode, we've got two that are relatively easy, two that are a little more difficult to snack. This one, as a matter of fact, this I guess should be the one that you would most likely be able to go out and, and grab, right? Uh, I believe so, yeah. This is, I mean, I, I, I don't think I've gone into, you know, we've got state stores here in Alabama. I don't think I've gone into a state store and not seen this bottle. Yes. Uh, so, uh, or at least something from this distillery, uh, at the very least. And, uh, yeah, no, I mean, in terms of, sorry about that, uh, in terms of you know, access, yeah, this is probably the easiest to find out of all the ones that we've uh, chatted about so far tonight. Yeah, so... So the, the bottle in question that we're looking at now is the uh, Jura Tenure. Yes. Um, so this is uh, this is a Hebridean distillery, right? Correct. It's, it's not technically an Isla, but it's still, or is it technically an Isla? It is not an Isla. So the it's Isle of Jura okay. is actually a completely different island over that way. Uh, I want to say it's just a hair smaller. And if I'm wrong, fire me up in the comments. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> I had to take down my, my map of Scotland that I've got in my office. Uh, so uh, I'm a little rusty on it. But yeah, it should be uh, just a, a hair smaller. And, uh, but it's, it's, it's in the same area. You know, it's mm -hmm. right off you know, the uh, western coast of, of the mainland UK. Um, and uh, as far as I know, this is probably the only distillery on the entire island. Okay, and that, that sounds right. I'm not uh, as familiar with, with Jura as a distillery. Um, it kind of sounds like, in a way, kind of like Talisker with, uh, they, you know, they're an island group. They're close to, you know, the, the other, like, island distilleries, the island area, yeah. but just separate enough. They have their own little classification. Yeah, they, they so, yeah. Coastal Highland or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, gotta, have, gotta have the little ones here or there, but... Uh, yeah, and so the, I think the one that if you're ever looking around for this one, the thing that's going to drag you in is probably the tin. And it's because the tin is this sort of like brushed matte bronze color. Yeah. And uh, it's oblong to, to complement the size of the, or the shape of the bottle. Um, and it, it's, I'll, 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 I'll be honest, it's a pain to pack into a box <laughs> if you're ever having to move everything. Uh, because of its <laughs> unique shape, uh, but uh, yeah, it's super. Yeah, you, you, you know, like I said, I, I can't think of many you know stores I've gone into where I haven't seen it. Yeah, and it, it jumps out again you know, from the greens and the whites and the uh, duller browns that maybe you'll see on the you know the, the Scott shelf. Uh, yeah, they definitely have. Uh, they kind of have their own unique shape and. And branding, you know, some of the other brands can kind of blend together with their designs and all that. But yeah, you, you can definitely tell uh, the, the Jura when you see them. And so this one is really something that's a little bit more of a commonly found finish. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, the, the big focus on this episode is, you know, the finishes that we've got. And uh, that is going to be uh, Oloroso Sherry Butts. Uh, yeah, so, so sherry and wine are going to be the two that you most often see. Yeah. Uh, those are really popular. Just the, They're consistently good, and they're pretty easy to There's access for distilleries. There's a ton of them. Yeah. Um, and they, they, don't, they don't say, you know, from where uh, they're getting the, the, the sherry butts. You know, it might be, you know, Pedro Jimenez or something like that. Um, 
but uh, got a nice, nice sort of. It's not quite caramel brown. It's a little darker. Yeah, More it's a little like bit the, darker than a caramel. You know, the orange. amber that held uh, the mosquito in Jurassic Park sort of <laughs> color. Yes. Um, and um, uh, I think I'm actually technically out of the two of us the only one who has a resounding recollection of trying this one because I think I tried it without him. <laughs> yeah, um, we, we we had a debate earlier <laughs> on whether or not I was involved in the uh, the first tasting, and, and I do not recall it, and and he. He thinks I was there, um, so so we'll each maintain our own memories, I guess. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I wouldn't put money down that that you were there or not, because I honestly can't recall. But but to be, I guess to be frank about the tasting was your initial impressions were not. You weren't really blown away, was that correct? Yeah, yeah. So you know, sometimes with yeah, I I picked this one up on a whim. Uh, I think I was listening to. Uh, Spirit Guide Society or Whiskey Tribe or something like that yeah. and someone had mentioned it and uh, in the comments someone had uh, had less than favorable description of um, the distillery in terms of their product but there's only like one person that was like really against it but when I uh, went out the next time I went on my, a little hunt by myself I saw it and you know the fact that I'd heard it. Yeah, you know, it's sort of a unique name, Jura. Uh, it stuck in my mind, and so I was intrigued just enough where I, you know, I caved and I bought one. Uh, they've got quite a few other commonly found uh, expressions. Uh, yep. Superstition. Uh, there's another one that I, I always always space on. That uh, again, you know, we pretty easy to find in state stores in Alabama. Yeah. And uh, but I was drawn to it, and you know the I won't deny the negative comment sort of drew me in a little bit more because it was you know it's an affordable bottle, so I was yeah. like, man, well if you know if it is, um, not fantastic, then I'm not really out anything. Mm-hmm. But and and I wouldn't say that I was you know disappointed in the bottle. Uh, I think I was on a big hard big, uh, like like yeah. bender of sorts at that time so like I needed something that was going to punch me in the face with smoke and uh, this one doesn't really do that it's 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 a little bit mellower uh, on uh, on both the nose and the palate and um, which isn't to say there's not you know that smoke there it being you know coastal you know salty peat bog sort of style yeah. stuff uh, but um, that was also quite a few months ago uh, so you know, regardless of whether or not you believe in uh, bottle aging after you open it, uh, I sometimes experience changes in character from a bottle, whether it's because my flavor, uh, like preferences change, or because stale air has been sitting in with the whiskey. One of the two is doing something. Yeah, so, so this won't really be a fresh tasting because it'll, it, it's been aged relatively untouched for a while, yeah. uh, or just resting in the bottle. So, well, we'll see how it is. Um, but now, if, so. Because this one is an islands, uh, just keeping with the, the traditional tasting and, and nosing profile you expect out of there, it, it has some peat in it, doesn't it? it uh, yeah, in it, the production, subtle smoky notes is what they uh, uh, they boast on the on, on the labeling. So okay, and you know, it, it, which isn't surprising. I mean, the peat use is not because they just want the the tannins and the smoke. It's it's because the nature of the location they don't have trees to burn they, yeah. they like they just don't have that kind of resource so they use the peat box and um, 
so so I, as expected they would use something like that on a distillery way out there oh yeah yeah <laughs> i mean i i mean yeah you probably they probably have to do a census of trees and a census of people on some of these islands yes i'm sure they do uh, just keep track of all of them because I mean, there's no way that too much of that stuff is surviving so yeah so it's a so it's a 10-year um finishing the sherry and, and i guess the rest of the time it, it rests in uh, ex bourbon barrels i would expect yes. right yes uh american white oak bourbon barrels got it um, standard you know if you want to put scotch on the label sort of stuff uh, <laughs> uh, it does boast being a single malt okay so uh it's not a blend or anything. Yeah. So Stay tuned simple. for that episode. We'll, yeah. we'll get to it eventually. We're it's, there's, get to the, 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 there's a lot to unpack. And we're making sure that we get all the right stuff. There's, yes. there's some changes in you know, the legality of a couple terms. Uh, and so we're, we're, we're trying to let some of that sort of iron itself out yes. while we're watching and figuring out exactly what we're going to talk about in our whiskey slang episode. Yes. Um, you know, how, to, how to read a bottle. Uh, sort of thing. <laughs> uh, well, on the nose, so you, you definitely pick up the the sherry influence. Yeah. So, so a sherry influence is going to have fruits, heavily fruited. It's going to be like red fruits. You're, you're looking at some red berries and things like that. I, I always, I always get something a little warmer than strawberries. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I get. I get a little bit of grapes. I get strawberries. I get some apple. I uh, just—it's kind of a blend. Yeah. Even some some citrus, even some orange and things like that. I, I pull some of that in. The 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 main concept just being fruit. You yeah. get those fruit notes out of a sherry finish. Um, and and you know of course wine finish is very similar, um, but you're going to get more of the the, the grape. I mean you know, more of that wine element to it. Um, but yeah, it's definitely got a lot of character that, that carries true with, with what you expect with a sherry finished whiskey. I don't pick up a ton of smoke off of it. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's, really, it's subtle. Very subtle. Subtle smoky notes that, that they're really pulling on Yeah, that I mean, I can pull a little bit, but it's, it's just not much there. I think, I think we might get a little bit more of it on the palate. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, I think yeah, the the nose is giving me a little bit more of. Oh God, I don't know, like my mind immediately goes to like um, like the way my mom makes, and of course Thanksgiving we blame that again. Yeah, uh, like apple pie or apple turnovers. There's yeah, like that soft dough sort of aroma filling up most of the body and then there's a sprinkling of something a little bit sharper and but but still soft which i i, I take as those those red fruits and uh yeah. just, just a touch of sweetness well and you're pulling in the, the the apple again which i'll pick up some of that but you're also pulling in some some spices like baking spices and vanillas and caramels and, and, and those kind of elements as, as well the, the sugars uh, again, I'll, I'll like a good old Thanksgiving apple pie. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, so so I'm with you there. I definitely pick up the same thing, and those are all good flavors. Those are uh, you know good good notes there. So I'm, I'm curious how that's going to carry over into the tasting. Well, here well. you you go first, and I'll keep the audience company. Let's see. Oh, 
Oh, he's going for it now. We should all be here right now. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing to behold. Oh, yeah. Not much smoke. Not much smoke. No, okay. so, so just, just tried the, the first taste and... No, I really don't pick up much there. I mean, there's earthiness. So on the back end, on the back of the palate, after I've, I've held it in my mouth for a second, swallowed, more of the, the, the earthy tones make themselves present, but not much peat. There, there's not a lot yeah. of smoke involved with that. And it's not, it's not a, it's not a peatiness with, with the, the earthy tone to it. it. I don't know. It's just more of a, I hate to say dirt, like a gross word, but it's, it's, it's just a little more of a natural, natural taste. Not, you don't, you don't have that peat bog element to it. The, the tannins really are not there. Um, at least not in my tasting of it. Yeah, uh, they may have mellowed a little bit after you know the bottle's been open and sitting for a little while. That because when you when you take an earthiness and you take the, the tannins and the peat, all of those are kind of sharper elements to the to the profile as well. And so if it mellows out a little bit over time, those pieces are not necessarily missing, but if they're not dull. sharper yeah. and they dull out, you may not pick them up the same way as you normally would. Well, as as I go, yeah, no, I agree. That, like the peat is not as present as you know i was expecting yeah um no i, I will i will say like I'm, I'm i'm taking it and i'm getting i don't know I, i've got this this uh really sort of weak uh hot chocolates it's not it's not like that good nestle or uh, <laughs> you know, swiss miss stuff uh, that i found uh at like a i don't know like a farmer's market or something like that it's it's not as heavy into the the, the super chocolate yeah. part of it, but I, I get I get I get this nice creamy and then sort of chocolatey, but but again again it's it's not it's not like dark chocolate you know something uh, very resounding and purposeful in its flavor it's uh, you know like a just like a nice smooth just sort of passive chocolate and sweetness that goes to the back that. Um, the more I think about it and sort of dial in on it, uh, I, yeah, I, I get more of those earthy notes that you're talking about. Like it gets me. I, you, you, you're struggling to, you know, yeah. Nobody likes to use the word dirt. Yeah, everybody, everybody, everybody heckles the the Isla drinkers because they're like, oh, band aid and iodine. <laughs> and it's like, okay, why are you drinking that if you're using those words? Yeah. Um, but I, I think I think like um, sometimes you can open your mouth and smell. Yeah. And like taste something. No, you can't. When you've got sure. a little bit more of a prominent aroma, um, I don't know. Like uh, along with that, that, that sort of creamier chocolate smell and that, that taste, uh, I'm getting something that almost feels like uh, like mulched, uh, yeah, like freshly tilled dirt. Yeah. Yeah. So like like it, it, it's yeah more of that like resounding sort of ambient earthiness mm -hmm. it's, it's not yeah it's not not so forward that i'm like sitting there like worrying about how the mouth tastes you know the mouth feel might be you know sometimes you know, after those tannins hit you can get a little bit of a cotton mouth yeah depending yeah. on yeah, if it's super dry red wine you can sit there and like, scrape your teeth with your that's true yeah, yeah. A little, with your tongue a couple of times it's not quite to that 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 point but i, I think the tannins and like that like i said subtle chocolate sort of play into it to each other uh, to sort of 
sprinkle ah, I feel like an English major and sprinkle himself <laughs> over that, that slight mulchy taste so overall um, it's it's a solid whiskey it's um, it's very unoffensive yeah oh, like yeah. it's it's not gonna push someone one way or the other too far yeah, it's, 40% it's, alcohol it's not dialing yeah. in too hard on them on so the it's, it's not hot the flavor profile is pretty mild and, and, and tame and it toes the line well um, uh, in, in regard to all the different aspects you expect out of a, out of a scotch whiskey single malt specifically over in the islands area so yeah i mean i'd say again for the price point and the availability you're looking at with this one if you like a sherry cast finish you like a sherry cast finish scotch it's it's not a bad choice um, i don't think it would be my first selection no. i might i might grab this one for you know uh something uh to use for like cocktails might be might, might might be a good usage of this one. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that, might be a I little can... up on the pricey side for for mixing. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, and, you know for the stuff I, I normally would use, uh, but I think I think yeah, it would serve that. You know, if you get, I mean, chances are you'll find somebody who's who's there for the flavor palette overall because it's kind of spacey, which is weird. It'd be yeah. On the complete opposite side of the like, country. Yeah, it's got a few different elements, but you know, the, the islands can be a little funky with what they get because they're their own unique thing. Um, Talisker's the same way. Like I'll drink it, pick up a lot of, of Isla in, in that area. And then I'll, I'll pick up a lot of like Highland too sometimes yeah. and the flavors I get out of it. Um, they're just, it's their own beast. So, so yeah, I mean, overall, um, I go to, uh, in regard to the purpose of the episode, um, sherry cask is, is definitely a win. Love the sherry cask finish, uh, across the board. I mean, I, I enjoy everything with the sherry cask finish. Um, and, and I think this is a good representation of what sherry can do to, to add to the table, you know, uh, uh, add to the character of a whiskey. Especially if you're, if you're not talking about like, uh, a more... Uh, aggressive fundamental spirit. Yes, Cause, yeah. Because I, I want to say that Ugdal is sherry cask finished. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember for sure. Yeah, don't don't quote me on that. I feel like a terrible like like Oogie like super fan not being able to recall that. But I've been trying to stay away from my bottle of Oogie the past couple months because uh, I, I run through them uh, really quick. Uh, probably quicker than, than Cage does with uh, his Ardbeg drum, uh, which is not fantastic considering uh, they are a little bit on the higher side, almost triple digits US. Uh, depending Talk on about the time. pricing. Yeah, the pricing of, of yeah. Of, I mean, well, well, being a special special release like with drum, it's like 120. I think Udall yeah. is I mean, five. You're looking at. Yeah, low to mid 80s up into the mid 90s depending on where you go but uh, I, I did just do a quick fact check to verify and it is sherry cast finish oh, so, yeah. so you were right sleep at night yeah. <laughs> uh, so you are correct and, but but kind of where you're going with that was it that's a fantastic sherry cast finish but you're also starting with a pretty aggressive baseline yeah. as well so to someone who's not very in tune with with understanding the baseline and picking up the finish on top of that that's not a good place to start. No, no, and and, and the way it interacts with the, with the spirit is completely different. Because uh, this one, you know, we were getting a little bit more more running into the, the you know the fruit flavors yeah. and uh, you know a little bit of uh, you know 
softer sort of palette uh, stimulation, whereas with the Oogdal, like I get, and again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I, I can kind of dial it in because of my Ardbeg experience otherwise, but it, it brings forth more like smoky meat sort of flavor when, when paired with, yeah. with you know, Ardbeg. Uh, so uh, it's, it's, it's interesting and kind of fun to, to watch how those sort of, you know, something so simple otherwise can make such a drastic, drastic difference uh, with the end product. Yeah. No, I, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, so, so overall, pretty successful. Um, not our favorite, but pretty successful. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I guess now we'll close it out with our last one. Uh, and this one we've had, I know we, we've both had before, but I don't believe we've, we've officially reviewed it, uh, on our podcast yet. So our last piece of tonight's tasting is going to be the, uh, 2021 Weiss bottling for Ardbeg, which was the Scorch bottling, uh, particularly their committee release edition, uh, which if you're unfamiliar with those, comes at a higher ABV uh, and a smaller batch in terms of what's bottled and sold. Um, and the the sell on this one this year, the, the, the unique element to it, is the fact that it is finished in heavily charred Fiercely, fiercely, fiercely charred, charred fiercely, <laughs> fiercely charred, uh, ex bourbon casks. Um, so, if you're unfamiliar with the production of, of bourbon and, and whiskey in general, they don't just take raw wood barrels and, and dump the the grain spirit into them. They char the barrels first, uh, and the the this is normal. I mean, this is standard across the industry. But what Ardbeg did with this batch is they took barrels that had been uh, very heavily charred, so charred to a much more extreme extent than normal. They call it uh, level five, right? Something, Something like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah like most just... barrels are level three charred. Yeah. And it's got to do with the temperature and the time and whether or not it was flashed or open fire. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot of complex science that goes into determining how best to char a specific barrel for whatever spirit is going to age um which is you know well above my pay grade to explain at this time but but the, the point is that there's a lot that goes into that and and so typically the char is is mated perfectly with the spirit that it's aging the wood itself uh the location that they're at I mean, there's a lot that goes into this and, and so for this purpose they took barrels that had been very heavily charred uh, and, and the experiment here was to basically see how that extra level of char uh, affected the end result, the, the taste profile of the, the Ardbeg spirit, which already is a very, very, very smoky whiskey. It's extremely peaty. Um, so th that, that that's a very unique experiment, a very interesting experiment. Uh, and, and most fans of the Ardbeg brand were pretty excited to see that because if you like Ardbeg you like smoke you like peat so the thought that you might get something that's even smokier even peatier than normal is, is an exciting concept and and generally speaking I think most people thought they did pretty well with this one and, mm -hmm. and I would agree I, I would have to agree I think it was pretty good 
and again, hearkening back to the you know funny words to use to describe alcohol. Um, Let me just read a few choice ones that that, that jump out on this bottle to me. Uh, Bold notes of quenched steel. Saddle saddle soap. Uh, Let me see. Briar wood. Uh, Antiseptic lozenge. Uh, Black licorice. I mean, soot. I mean, like, like, like they, 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 they really sold into the. Uh, I mean, one the smoke, yeah. but also, yeah, like the, like those, those sort of weird, like, like buzzwords that, that they use to describe, uh, you know, what flavor palette they're they're trying to project. Yeah, I will say I think the general consensus was there was some fun to be had at at the expense of uh, the the label. Um, and the words that they use to describe their yeah. their whiskey, uh, and and, by, and you, you could go into a whole episode just talking about the marketing behind whiskey and some of the the quote unquote tasting notes that people make uh, make for these things. So not to discount what Arbeck says about this one, just to make the point that there are some rather ridiculous uh, claims in regards to tasting notes and flavors to expect when. It's not nearly as sophisticated as some make it out. Um, well, it kind of makes me want to go and uh, take a bite out of saddle soap, actually. Yeah, you know, the, that, that would be a good experiment. We might try that. Catch us on Instagram live as we, Ooh, we record yeah, Taylor right. eating some saddle eating soap. Eating saddle soap and then drinking <laughs> Ardbeg afterwards. Um, um, but, but part of that, too, I think may just be just fun on words for them, and they're just buying into what everyone's doing. Yeah which is coming up with these tasting notes and uh and i mean there's still some accuracy to be said for it it's just like what you just said who eats saddle soap and and, and, yeah it's just that doesn't happen um again we can go all day into that we won't go to psychopath doesn't get flavored lozenges I like, know. like hall's cherry like it's so easy Why it's so easy to get a flavored lozenges don't just yeah so well, well, but we, we won't get too hung up on that. No. So let's see what we get from this. Um, like I like I mentioned when you first got it to open, we, we've had this before, and um, good every time. I clearly remember opening it for the first time because it was good. It was very good. But I also remember for whatever reason, I had a very distinct uh, characteristic that made it similar to like cold medicine, like cough syrup. Oh yeah, I remember that kind that, of thing. Yeah. But. It, but later on, I had some more, and it didn't do that. And I wondered if it had something to do with something else we had that day that may have thrown us off. I don't know. Was this after we ate the Italian place? <sighs> I don't remember. I, I think it might have been. This is the one that I think, regrettably, we might have had our. For, I can't remember if it was the committee or the just the regular limited release that we unfortunately had to have in plastic cups because of where we were. Like one, well, we, we, we neither one of us, a, neither one of us had Glen Karen on us, which is. Yeah, that's uh, very unlike us. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I want to say that we haven't even had the regular. Um, we have bottles of the regular, but I don't think we've tasted it. I think the only one we've tasted is the the committee. That's fair. If I, I remember. Okay. Right. I think you're right. So it would be this one if that's the one you're thinking of. Oh, it's fantastic. But yeah, on, on the nose, it's just you just have that beautiful Ardbeg peat smoke. Oh, here we go again. Uh, it's just a love you know, story. It's, 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 it is it's a wonderful, just characteristic, but 
um, it's very polarizing at the same time. A lot of people don't like it. C- come out with cologne that smells like you. <laughs> Do it. Well, well. Everybody tag Ardbeg. Maybe in search of a new podcast partner when, when my partner gets arrested for suspected drunk driving. Yeah, he has might happen. Ardbeg cologne on. Hey, man, try me. Uh, but, no, it, it just, you know, if you're familiar with Ardbeg, you recognize that it, it just has a very uh, unique profile. Uh, you know, it, it's... Uh, it, it, it's very peaty it's very smoky it's got meat elements to it you know it, it's just it, it's a wonderful thing and this does carry that but you you do kind of pick up some of that char you, you pick up still some of that that cherry almost yeah. like like with a kind of a cough syrup relationship I, I can I can definitely see that well, especially if you're yeah if you, if, if, if you know somehow we we come to cherry and we're pulling cherry out and they're already like wanting us to taste the lozenge in the first place like yeah. that like boom boom a plus b equals c so yeah. I, I completely agree and, yeah um, I, I i just grabbed myself a quick sip and so good every time um like i could i got yeah, um i think i talked about it in, in one of our previous episodes I, i'd gone and i hadn't had ardbeg for like a week and a half or something like that and i just sat there and i so hey, I haven't had that in a while. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pour myself some of that. And we're talking just like I got chills on my arms. Uh, I closed my eyes. I, I made an audible mm noise. Like, like yep. it was weird. Uh, but you know, our our, our sings the same same note as my heart, and this uh, this is no exception. That that smoke is good. Um, the it, it, in this one it's it's more of a uh, like a campfire smoke, not just you know like a, like a match. It is. You, you definitely pick up like a charcoal, like a like the charred wood. You know, you, there there is some of that. It, to me, it reminds me a lot of like just working on a grill. Yeah. Like you know, cooking summertime. You know, cooking out. That those, those kind of Brickettes. notes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, and I, I I get that, and then and then uh, like like I said before, oogdal, like. Uh, like smoked like salami like a little bit of that peppercorn in the back just, just, just you know small little aggressive flick on your nose to really draw you in towards it and then there's mm-hmm. that, that soft just savory uh, backing behind yep. that pepper flavor so with this one you know, we've, we've kind of we've, we've touched on it before, so that's why I don't necessarily want to get too deep into the review of it um, relative to the others. But generally speaking, this is a you know A plus. <clears throat> I recommend it oh, yeah. if you can come across it. The problem, especially amongst the the four that we've looked at today, is that this is going to be the one that's by far the most difficult to find. And by far the most expensive to purchase oh, yeah. if you do find it, um, and and particularly this edition because the edition we're we're drinking now is the uh, committee release. So, uh, to those unfamiliar, whenever the festival bottlings come out every year, there is a standard edition and a, and a committee release edition. Uh, the committee release, in naming, is meant to be released to those who are a part of the Ardbeg committee. And the committee is made up of, of individuals who are kind of like in an Ardbeg fan club. It doesn't cost anything to be a member of it. Uh, I think it used to be a little bit more active than it 
has been recently uh they've been trying to bring it back up a lot more i've, I've noticed um but basically the, the committee release was not actually limited to the committee like the name suggests um, it is available to most anyone at least over in the u.s and such now maybe a little bit more specific in the the uk and scotland and such where they can enforce their own regulations but in, in markets like the U united states as far as i'm aware a distillery overseas cannot only sell to specific people directly in the u.s that, that bypasses customs and excise and probably some other laws and regulations yeah. that i'm not even familiar with uh, but we won't get into all that mess um, but the point is is that there are two versions and, and the committee release version which is what we just had is uh notable because it's a higher abv than the, the standard that's really the difference um but unfortunately it's also a lot harder to find there's many fewer bottles of it um i know a few years ago i, I don't know the exact number on this one but a few years ago the committee release bottling only had a few thousand bottles done whereas the standard had tens of thousands of bottles done just to give a general picture i mean you're looking at maybe five to ten percent of the market capacity is held by the committee versus the the rest being held by the standard so it's definitely a big disparity between the two as such this is a lot harder to find um, when you find it, it it's very lucky if you can get it at retail so that, that's a very difficult thing for those of us who are big fans who enjoy these these releases um, and, and 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 as they relate to the point of this episode is pretty much every one of the releases has had some element of a special finish applied to it yeah. cast finishing has been a piece of, of their puzzle um, so so every year you get you know your loved and appreciated art big spirit that has been finished in something different and treated in some different unique way and that's really cool uh, really special but it's hard to get hold of um, so while this is probably the highest scoring whiskey on our table right now yeah. uh, it is the lowest scoring in terms of availability and price yeah no and i, th I think that's that's unfortunately one downfall of having such cool limited which i mean boom that's just how it works but yeah. um it's you know can you imagine the sadness of trying hundreds of whiskeys and finding the one you like and knowing that there are only like three thousand bottles put on the entire earth yeah one of one of the best whiskeys I've ever had is the Port Charlotte 16 year that, that we both won. God, the people were hammering those down in no time. I know. We, we got it. Mine is still not open. We opened yours yeah. up when we got home with it, tried it, was just amazed by it. And, and I don't know how much you visited it since then. I probably don't need to know. But uh, I know that just my experience with it was so good, but there were only 3,000 of them. Yeah. That was it. That was the final number. And like you just alluded to, people were just throwing those things back left and right so somebody, we hadn't out. even gotten ours yet and people and were finishing like, there were people in the groups that were like bottle killing already and i was like dude what are you doing that was that was that was a pricey bottle and exactly the not even slowing down to say for yeah, it like, <laughs> like now i like, get together with your friends one week and yeah you know, yeah if you're sharing it with friends fantastic like there's no better way to enjoy it than sharing yeah. that, that's fantastic I just fantastic. can't imagine just like sitting down over a weekend just like destroying that bottle a bottle like as special like, as that like, you know? so we, we got that that was technically last year's festival it was yeah I have and I regret to say this uh, a little bit more than half the bottle left mm. 
but it's 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 good. It's no, it's like, so good. And it's, I, it's I've so got good. it opened up already. Uh, just about every time uh, I bring somebody over who, you know, want to get into whiskey, they want to try something super exclusive. I'll give them a little bit of pour, but only if they've demonstrated uh, an appreciation, that, appreciation yes. that I think can can encompass uh, that particular whiskey. Because like, you know, oh geez, yeah, I remember when we first opened those. Like, what I would have done to have like taken that moment in time and frozen it. Oh, like that was that that was an amazing experience. Uh, yeah, that well that I don't know. We could go into that forever too. And that that whole like, cause we, we what was it the night before we did our cigars and we did, I think that's when we did our Dalmore episode yeah. with the cigar ball, our our kickoff episode. Yeah. And the following day we get to go get the Port Charlotte Sixteens. We picked up a few other bottlings when we were down there in Florida. Some Bricklotties, the uh, the Rockside Farms was one that we picked up. We were down finished there. One of those too. Yeah, finished one of those, knocked those out, which was also just wonderful. So I remember we, when we opened the 16 year, we also opened those at the same time, and just had a wonderful sequence of, yeah, of was, bottles. That was a great lineup that, that night. Day. Um, yeah, so I'm, I, I'm with you, but uh, that's kind of you know running off on a side note on the tangent there. The the point being is that um, we, we wish <laughs> we wish whiskeys came out more often from these distilleries that were uh, finished in such a unique way and, and crafted with, with this very high level of craftsmanship and attention to detail and when they do they're just they're so good but they're so expensive and they're so sought after and there's so few of them um, of course if they changed it up and they started making more of them it would it would probably detract from the quality yeah. it would, you know detract from from the uh, experience that we as the consumer get um, but but that's all to say that like this art bag that we're trying now uh, is fantastic, and and I've I've never seen at least from a marketing standpoint another heavily charred yeah, bottling I done. Um, I, I couldn't mm-hmm. I could not tell you on top of my head of any other brand that has ever specifically done a heavily charred uh, bottling. So if if that's something you're curious to try, uh, unless you do some digging and find it somewhere else, as far as I know, this is kind of your only avenue to explore. Yeah, no, uh, I, 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 I'm going to have to echo you on that one. There, And, and yeah, maybe not anybody who maybe explicitly says that. I know there are a couple that um, do it in, you know, level three, level four uh-huh. uh, area. Or maybe they, they you know, uh, at one point in time I was a really big Woodford uh, yeah. double-oaked guy. And that's technically not uh, heavily charred. What they do is I think they put it into... Uh, like the second barrel that they finish those are uh, those in is uh, a, like another like you know the first one is in uh, virgin oak and then the second one is in charred barrel yeah. I think I, and it's been a minute since I had one of those but uh, yeah there are they, they, there can't be many but yeah they all they, every single one of them is going to market themselves as some sort of campfire extravaganza yeah. Um, heavily, heavily charred. If they do, uh, you know, they're they're gonna have you know eight out of ten times they're probably gonna have some, for lack of a better word, gimmicky sort of name about them doing it. But yeah, you know, that's the marketing game. So, uh, yeah, if you see something like that, look into it. You know. Yeah. Take, for sure. I, I love. I've got so many pictures on my phone. I'll be walking around in a store, and see something, and something about it will intrigue me. I'm gonna take a picture. I'll just go back and do some research. And if it piques my fancy enough, I keep the picture. If it doesn't, if I think, oh, okay, that's just 
a little change off something I was already familiar with, I'd probably be okay without that. Yeah, and, and, and I echo everything that, that you said with that. And if you ever see something that is heavily charred and it's uh, at a good price point and you want to try it, I, I'd recommend it. It's got a really unique character to it. Um, you don't find it a lot. Uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, it just brings in a lot of complexity. Uh, that The smoke and um, and the, the tannins that come with it, the, the charcoals and, and all oh, that. But you, chocolate. Yeah, so you, you, you start to bring up some heavier, like sugary flavors you got some darker chocolates and caramels and vanillas that come out of that that are just byproducts of uh, of the charring of the wood um, it's just a, the natural sugars that form in such a process um, but you can only get that from said process so it's it, if, if that's something you're interested in I highly recommend it you know Definitely. look into it um, so yeah and that kind of closes it out. I guess that really, that, that's our four that we picked for tasting today. There's there's so many more out there. I mean, this is just such a small fraction. We had to go sit in my floor in, in my, my office and just kind of pick and choose which ones we felt like would uh, would speak most to, to you all as the audience, uh, you know, from a general point of view. But there are just so many good combinations out there to try. And uh, if we uh, tried to taste every different finish that we had access to in either one of our selections, uh, we probably wouldn't be talking as clearly as we are now. That's true. Uh, yeah, we would be out yeah, of it. That's that's a that's a, a journey. Uh, that I mean, who knows? Maybe one day, if we ever make this into a video thing, I mean, that, that could be a fun. That could be pretty fun. Twenty-four hours of drinking, <laughs> uh, sort Lord. of thing for charity. Uh, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but you know, for right now, uh, yeah, we, we we do what we can. Or, yeah, if you got any that you guys really really like, you know, tell us about them. Yeah, maybe it's something that we could look into, do a little bit of research of our own, see if it's something that we might be into. Um, might add it to our collection and hey if we end up trying it or doing an episode on it or even a post on our instagram then i mean we we'll, we'll, we'll might give you a shout out uh yeah yeah no we could definitely give credit where it's due um yeah for sure i mean if there's anything that someone really wants to hear a review about let us know because that we'd love that we'd love any excuse to buy something oh, yeah. if we don't already have it and say hey you know we, we got someone who really wants to know about this we'll go grab it we'll do a review to the best of our ability and um, answer any questions you've got. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you got anything else? I think that's it. Well, I, I once again, we, we, we'd like to thank uh, everybody for tuning in. I, I know sometimes our episodes can get a little long-winded, and uh, we hope that whatever long car ride or uh, <laughs> rainy day you're enjoying us on. Maybe you're just breaking it apart in like five different morning showers. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, regardless of what, what yeah. capacity you're listening to, we, we, we hope that we've made your day yeah, uh, a little bit more entertained, a little better. And uh, we hope that uh, you seek to sort of, I don't know, return that. So like I said, yeah, T- tell your friends about us. Uh, uh, keep on listening. Definitely hit subscribe. I know that's, that's the big uh, content creator gimmick. Uh, like, share, and subscribe. Um, and uh, yeah, follow us on Instagram. Uh, we, we'll, we're, we're trying to get more active on there. Uh, again, work's been crazy, but get on there, find us on here, tell your friends, uh, drink whiskey safely, of course, and uh, I think uh, we're going to go ahead and sign out. Uh, my name is Taylor. And my name's Cage. And uh, we hope you guys have a great day, night, afternoon, whatever you're having. Yep, thank you so much, y'all. Cheers. Cheers.